Welcome, Cyclone fans, to a special reaction pod. Um, this is Levi Stevenson, managing editor for Wide Right and Natty Light. Uh, I'm actually just kind of going solo today. Um, all, of, all of my other contributors and writers and whatever else are all off celebrating and whatever with their families. Some of them are at, at their, you know, their, uh, you know, we're just having a good time. Um, so I just decided to sit down and wanted to kind of just get some thoughts on what a what a monumental day all of this was. I'm sitting. I'm just sitting here in my studio, in my office slash studio, whatever you want to call it. And just uh, enjoying a glass of red wine <laughs> to call it after after a and a day of somewhat aggressive drinking, um, you know, just kind of soaking in the moment. And a lot of there's, there's a lot of emotions from from this win today over Texas. Um, I, I've been I've I'm 28 years old. I've been. I've been like a diehard, pay attention to every single game Cyclone fan since roughly, you know, 2000, 99, 2000 is about when I like was old enough to have the capacity to really um, pay attention to Iowa State. And it was when, um, and part of it is, is I grew up and still live in Eastern Iowa. So like we didn't, and this was back when Iowa State wasn't on TV all the time. So sometimes we didn't, like we didn't get to go to the games very often. We didn't see we did, yeah, it was sometimes it was hard to find it on TV. Radio station was kind of the best, the only way to really catch the game. Um, but, you know, 2000 or so was probably when I started paying attention, reading the newspaper about it, things like that. Um, and since then, outside of a few years here and there, you know, 2004 and 2005, when they had a chance to win the Big 12 North um, and squandered it in, uh, with a with wide right field goals. As as anyone that's listening to this podcast is probably aware, is probably is the inspiration for the first half of our name. Um, there's a lot of games in there that felt like there was no hope at all. Um, you you showed up, you said, "I hope we don't lose by four touchdowns today." Like, I hope we can keep it within a touchdown or two, or I hope we can cover or whatever it is. Um, and then you have another handful of games in there that were like, "Oh, well, we played well, we just didn't quite get there." And there's another games where it's like, oh man, they got a, you know they got a they got a chance and then they blow it at the end. Um, but today was a special was special. Um, we saw an Iowa State team two years ago in 2018 go down to Texas with a chance to be uh, in the Big 12 foul game, basically win and you're in. And they 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 the moment was too big for them. That team wasn't ready. Brock Purdy was just a freshman. Um, the offensive line wasn't there yet. Um, Mike Rose was a freshman. You had a young defense and a young offense that was playing well, um, but really not ready for that moment. And looking back, I know at the time we were really, really disappointed. It was, I mean, it's still kind of disappointing to think about, I guess. But then you have last season come around, and you think everything is going to, you know, everything's going to get better, and you know things just don't quite work out right. You have some some really bad bounces and you finish with an all, you know, a decidedly disappointing season. And then coming to 2020, we, you know, we didn't know what to expect. Honestly, at least I didn't. I mean, we all thought that if, you know, if all the games were played and everything, and I, if I was, was fortunate enough to avoid COVID and stuff like that for the most part, um, or not avoid it, but, you know, minimize, minimize the impact anyways, um, that there was a chance for a good season, but it's, it's really hard to know. And, and then after the first Louisiana game, I know I and many other Cyclone fans were all of a sudden we were asking questions, not like 
asking questions about, you know, is this program capable of being good? Does it have long-term flaws, things like that? But more, but more just, all right, this isn't the team that we thought it was going to be because the, the Louisiana game was really ugly. I mean, it was it just was. Um, and then it was kind of a shaky but all right performance against TCU in a win. Then you had the big Oklahoma win. And all of a sudden this thing started to turn around and let me like, holy crap, you know, something, something's going on here. I think we can, I think we can do, I can think we can do something with this team. Um, and as the season kind of went on, there was, it was, there was moments of hope of tremendous hope and, and um, forward thinking, but also moments of, very real and serious doubt as to what, what, what this team was going to be. Um, and I think part of that doubt though, was seated in more historical perspective where we've kind of been there and done that and been through all the aches and pains, you know, and the like fumbling away the Kansas state game in, in 2015 and the missed field goals and four and Oh five. And, you know, all of the other different disappointments along the way. Um, too too far too many to just name to rattle off um, on a podcast, but you know it's it's become clear to me that that doubt that was sort of cast over the team as to what's going on and why is this team not consistent all this that that doubt seems to have existed almost exclusively outside of the walls of the program outside of the Bergstrom facility outside of Jack Trey Stadium. Because it's very clear to me now, looking looking at this team, well, they never doubted themselves. They never they never doubted Brock when he threw f- three first half interceptions. They never um, they never doubted Brees in the first part of this Texas game today when he was when he only had two carries for one yard in the first quarter and well, you know wasn't up to a typical production up to that point. They didn't lose faith in anybody. They didn't lose faith in the defense when it gave up long completions early in the game to Oklahoma, to Texas, to Baylor. And they never lost faith in each other. And this last stretch has been really eye-opening that we are witnessing something genuinely special. I hope not one of a kind. Um something genuinely special that we have not really had a chance to be a part of in the past. Um, you know, we can say, well, Iowa State always loses this game. Well, they've come up to this game like four times ever. And yes, they've lost them all, but, you know, when you have four times, you come up to it four times in the past 108 years, you know, how, how much can you really, how much of a pattern can you really pull off of that? Um but looking at this team now, you can see they're they're enjoying playing football more than just about any team I think I've ever seen. Um, they enjoy playing for each other, playing for their school, playing for their coach, um, and I think playing for their fans. Um, I, you know, I hate as a fan, you hate saying like, "Oh, we're a part of this," you know, because we're not we're not the ones on the field throwing passes and and carrying football and making tackles and kicking field goals and all that. We're not there. Um, so you don't like you don't want to take credit for anything because we're just fans, um, but I think they it seems like they they appreciate the support that they that they get, and I think they they think they just appreciate the gravity of the situation. This team didn't back down; they didn't play scared. 
they didn't they didn't fold under pressure. And I mean, they, they came back to win against Oklahoma and they came back to win against Baylor and they came back to win against Texas. They keep coming back. They keep fighting. They keep punching. And they just, this team's ability to fight in situations where the, where truly everything is on the line. And it's like, you know, bottom of the ninth, two outs, full count type of back against the wall. And then they just, they figured out and they, they play through it. They lean back on, as Matt Campbell said, they lean back on their fundamentals. They play relaxed. Um, Brock Purdy has been outstanding the last couple of games. Brock Purdy, the last couple of games, has been marvelous to watch. You know, 16-20 against against Kansas State didn't really have to do anything. But then comes out today 25-36 for 312 yards and a touchdown. Didn't take a sack. Didn't throw any ball that was even remotely like you're like, oh my gosh, that almost got, almost got intercepted. He didn't throw anything that looked anywhere close to being an interception. Um, and he got some he got some good support. Tariq Milton came back and he had six catches, only 32 yards. But you know he what he did was picked up a couple of really important first downs. Charlie Kohler with six catches and 131 yards, um, which I believe is his career high. Um, six out of ten targets. Tariq Milton six out of eight targets. Dylan Sainer caught five passes for 69 yards. Sean Shaw caught five passes for 60 yards. Landon Akers caught one for 10 yards. Johnny Lang got in the thing. Xavier Hutchinson got a catch. You know, they didn't they didn't necessarily light up. You know, Charlie Kohler had a good game, but nobody else necessarily lit up the stat sheet. But Sean Shaw had a you know had a great play, and it was a guy that Sean Shaw hadn't hadn't honestly done a ton up to this season. We thought he was going to kind of be a breakout player, but Xavier Hutchinson kind of stepped into that role, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we see, you know, we see Sean Shaw step up in a game like this, and we see Tariq Milton come back and make a difference. Um, and you know, and Brees didn't hit his hundred yards. Didn't hit his hundred yards on the game. He was just he was nine yards short, but he got his touchdown. But he put, but he picked up crucial yardage when they needed to, and he, and he got that touchdown late in the game. Um, and then another another guy that needs to, um, you know, doesn't really still show up in the stat sheet much, except for like two or three tackles, uh, but Rory Walling sniffing out that fake punt uh, at midfield made a huge difference. Um, if Texas had converted that, it would have been, it just felt like, you know, the, it says felt like the schoolyard bully pinning down the, pinning down the kid and just beating him senseless. And he made a big play. I, you know, I've always sat back on, you know, when we're watching Iowa state return punts, it always frustrated me a little bit that they'd always basically sit in like a punt punt safe formation where they would sit back and play those those fake punts and never really try to block the punt. Um, and I always frustrated me. It's like nobody has like since Matt Campbell took over, nobody has tried a fake punt. Well, that's why Matt Campbell's on the sidelines and I'm sitting here recording a podcast in a in a basement, um, in my own basement for the record, um, because. Eventually, Texas tried it, and them always playing kind of their punt, punt safe, you know, fake counter formation. It worked. I mean, it, it showed up at the right time, and Rory Walling made the play. There's nothing. I mean, there's not, not a lot more you could say about just. I mean, that's it's brilliant. And I will, I will, I do want to say another part that was very obvious as to why Matt Campbell's coaching football, and none of us are. Is that is the decision late in the game to punt it? As people were that were on Twitter were probably were very aware. I was not happy with the decision to punt instead of go for it. 
But this goes back to the team and the coaching staff believing in this entire group and what they're trying to do. Um, that decision turned out to be a huge one because they, they punted it down there and stopped Texas on forced upon in the game. I thought that they should have gone for it on fourth and two. Um, and maybe, maybe it would have worked out. Maybe it wouldn't have. Um, I do know that had they gone for it and scored at the other end, that Texas would have had three and a half, four minutes to come back instead of a minute and a half, um, which couldn't make all the difference because then they would have significant more opportunity to either get their field goal to get closer for their field goal or to go for the touchdown. Um, and that maybe that, maybe that would have soiled the game away. Um, but you got to credit the coaching staff for believing in that defense. They had given up, you know, they gave up 448 yards on the day, you know, up to that point had given up basically four, you know, just shy of 400 yards um, of offense. So Texas was moving the ball and they, and, you know, Texas only had to get into field goal range to tie the game. Um, but credit to them for believing in that defense and for that defense coming up and making plays. Um, lots of critical tackles, lots of really great plays, um, especially by that defense that they just they kept showing up in the red zone. They kept showing up when they needed to. You know, sometimes they Texas would move the ball down the down the field a little bit and you know get down and start threatening. But in that red zone, the defense started bowing up. I mean, they they shut them down. They on that critical fourth and one stop late, they got them. Jaquan Bailey making the tackle front while laying on the ground on his back. You know, it's, it's stuff like that, that seniors making that play, that this defense making that play. All, you know, for whatever reason, going into that fourth and one play, I was very confident. Like, I, I, I don't know how to say if it's very confident, but like I still kind of deep down, I felt like, you know what, they're, they're going to get this stop. The def- This defense is going to do it. Someone is going to do it. I don't know if it's going to be Jaquan Bailey Will McDonald or Mike Rose or Latrell Bankson, who had an outstanding game. He needs a special, he needs some recognition as well, getting a couple sacks, especially that big one uh, right at the end that moved Texas back um, to make it a 57 yard field goal instead of like a 52. Because if you, if you watch that kick, Michael did the, the, the kickers uh, kick the Dicker, I think is Michael Dicker. I don't know. Um, but his kick would have been good from 50 yards. Because it, it started swerving way, way, way at the end, um, but that sack pushed them back, and it, it it allowed that field goal some space to swerve out wide left. Um, but the defense kept making incredible plays. That, you know, even when we all started to doubt it, you know, I know I did. I know I certainly guessing that I would. Cameron Dicker, I should say, um, is the, is the Texas um, punter name or the Texas kicker name, but. You know, I, I know I was still doubting. It's like, what's you know, what's going to happen here? Even in the last minute, half of the game, but I was saying, like, oh, Texas is going to drive down here because they're just going to get it. I would say it's going to play prevent. Texas is going to nail a couple 15, 20 yard completions, and they're going to be right there. But sure as shit, they got that sack at the end of the you know, Latrell Banks and got that sack at the end of the game, which proved to be enormous. Um, and time and time again. Even when maybe we didn't believe in them, they did. And they went out and made the plays. And it's such a weird feeling, too, um, being able to count on your team to make those game-winning plays. The kind of the the, the fabled, the mythical game-winning plays at the end is like, oh, well, they made a big stop at the end, or they made a big catch here and there. Like, it's something that I was like, it's always been like, a, oh, maybe they can do this. It's always been more of a pipe dream for Iowa State for a long, for so many, on so many different occasions. 
Um, but this team, it's not a dream for them. It's, it's reality on more than one, on most every occasion they make that play. They make the big stop. They make the big catch. They break off the big run, you know, at, you know, we, I know, I know after the first half of, of the Baylor game, we were, a lot of people were doubting Brock Purdy. What does he do? Comes out and plays the best six, eight, ten quarters of his, you know, plays the best ten quarters of his life and proves us all wrong. The saying, you know, he's not, he hasn't regressed. He isn't, you know, he hasn't, you know, you know, his gimmick isn't up or anything like that. He's just, he's still really good. He was just having a tough time earlier in the season. And, you know, right now I think there's a, there's a crazy number of, of, of situation of outcomes that have to happen for Iowa state to not make the title game. Um, like I think, I think it's like, a, they would essentially have to hit the equivalent of like a nine way parlay for this to happen. And, and one of those parlay, one of those legs would have is Kansas beating Texas and West Virginia has to beat OU. And I think Baylor has to beat Kansas state. I think, I know there's, there's nine, like if any one of these nine different outcomes, um, happen then Iowa State's in. So it's it's a virtual certainty at this point. Not technically guaranteed yet, but a virtual certainty. Um and it's just the weirdest thing because no matter who they play, I, I, at this point it's probably going to be Oklahoma because they'll went out and get in on tiebreakers. Um I'm not betting against this against this team. I know Oklahoma's good. Even if they lose to West Virginia next week, man, I'd I believe in this team. I I said it on Will Bazer's podcast for the for the Texas uh, site last week, um, for the Football Brainiacs Texas site. I, I I believe in this team, and I think everybody else should too. At this point, I have no reason. I have no reason to doubt them. Brock Purdy's given me no reason to doubt him. Brees Hall's given me no reason to doubt him. This defense has given me no reason to doubt them. Even if they're giving up yardage in the middle of the field. They bow up, they make a play, they get a turnover, whatever it is that needs to happen to win the game. They just do it. Um, I'm not, I, I've never, I'm, I'm pretty, a pretty noted homer on any podcast that I go on, any guest podcast that I go on and even our, our on our own. Um, you know, I pretty much always pick Iowa state to win cause I'm, I'm a homer. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but I, you know, even in the back of my mind on those, I, I still think, you know, I might be wrong on this, you know, and I'm not saying that there's never doubt or that's like a hundred percent guarantee that I would say it's going to win every game forever and ever because they're obviously not going to, but I think at this point, there's no reason. I have no reason to doubt anybody on this coaching staff, anybody on this team. Cause even if things aren't going their way, this team finds a way they come back. they, in the case of Kansas State, they just beat the absolute hell out of somebody. You know, however it needs to get done, this team just does it. This team just wins games. I, it's hard to explain because they do it in a lot of different ways with the running game or with Brock Purdy, like or today with Brock Purdy, or you know with the defense, like they did against a few like a few different teams, TCU and Kansas State and all that. You know, they win so many different ways that it's hard that it's hard to just say. Well, if this doesn't happen, then they can't win because they've won when Brock Purdy's played bad. They've won when he's played good. They win when Brees rushes for 100 yards. They win when he doesn't. 
They win when the defense holds people to 300 yards of offense. They hold them. They win when they hold them to 450. This team can win in so many different ways, and they win with will and grit. They just, they just do. They just win. I don't. It's really hard to describe because I've never had never had to try to describe a team like this before. Like I don't know how to do it in a non cheesy like. In a non-cheesy way that didn't come out of like the movie Rudy or something like that, like they 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 just do they just do it, and it's incredible to watch. It's looking back on I I I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch that Texas game probably tonight and I'll probably do it again tomorrow. And I don't I even watching that game, I still think I'm gonna be sitting there the whole time like how how did this happen like how did they win. Because Texas owned that game for three and a half quarters. And then they just turned it on, just flipped a switch, and they won that game. Um, it's something. And, and you know, Iowa State being in the Big 12 title game, can't even describe that feeling right now. I'm, you know, it probably it still hasn't even hardly sunk in at this point. It'll sink, it'll sink in more when probably Saturday when someone loses and Iowa State clinches the berth. But right now, I got no words to describe that feeling. Um, I'll, I'll attempt to do so throughout the week and maybe on down the pipe next Thursday. But today's a good day to be a cyclone, as is any day. Every day is good. Every day is a good day to be a cyclone. But today is an especially good one. Tomorrow will be too, and so will next Saturday and the Saturday after that. So, I think that I'm going to wrap it up. I think you know. I just wanted to kind of just give my thoughts. Um, I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but it's a this is some kind of moment that I, I'm just just enjoy it right now, you know. Just appreciate for appreciate what we got, and it can still get better. We can still get more, um, but appreciate what we've got. Savor this moment, celebrate, and look forward to watching the best Iowa State football team any of us have ever seen. Um, hopefully we'll continue to get better as the program matures and, and uh, continues to improve and, and, and build its foundation. Um, but right now the team we got here, right here, right now, you could see it in the emotion in Matt Campbell's post-game press conference from the, from the sideline. I mean, he was, he was basically in tears the whole time, just so happy for his players and watching that, it was really hard to fight back my own tears to watching that. Cause it, we've all been through so much as Iowa state fans, um, so much disappointment and so much pain. <laughs> and you can tell that Matt Campbell's felt all of that in spades over the last however many years, all the, all the growing pains, all the frustration and all the almost and the what ifs. And you could see, you could feel that all coming out during that press game, that post-game press conference from the sideline. Um, and I, man, I'm very proud that that guy is our coach. Um, I hope he continues to be for a long time. And I'm really thankful to be an Iowa State fan today. And I hope everybody else is too, because we're, this is something special. So, all right, everybody. I know you're already having a good day, but have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Go Cyclones.